0: taken my life but what does it matter for all men must die and I've tasted the donishman's wife he I... spoke me
1: but now the rains we for his halls
0: with no one there to hear now the rains, we bore his goals and not a soul to hear. Good voice!
2: He lifted her high in the air. He sniffed and roared and smelled her there. She kicked and wailed and made so fair, but he licked the honey from her hair. From there to here, from here to there, all black and brown and covered with hair. He smelled that girl in the
3: summer air, the bear, the bear, and the maiden fair.
4: That's right. It is time for another great, great episode of Liquored Listings. This is your host, Big Ern McCracken. And I want to tell you, one of my most popular shows was my original show, and that was all the hate that I gave to Game of Thrones, the least favorite characters uh, for, and I gave you the definitive list. Remember your lists generally are incorrect because when you listen to this show, you're going to get the definitive answers on what's right, wrong, and what's the best of the best. And in that case, the worst of the worst. That's right from the sand stakes to the sociopath, Arya Starks. I gave you the answer. Now, A lot of people have asked me, well, you gave a lot of hate, but you never gave the best. And that's where today comes in. I will not allow these awful portrayals to grace the screen because this was probably the greatest ensemble cast that's ever been been assembled. And shout out to Nina Gold, the casting director, because she put together... And translated from the books to screen, the best cast ever presented. So I, I felt compelled, and I listened to you guys, and I've decided to give you the definitive list of who is the greatest characters from Game of Thrones. Remember, you're not going to agree with me on, on all of these, and I can completely understand that. But I'm right, you're wrong. So. We have to... Oh, first, what's in the cup? That's right, today. I'm just having some coffee. I, I got some work this afternoon, so I got a little coffee in there, but a little hint of Baileys and coffee, espresso-flavored vodka, just to uh, set the day going off in the proper tone. So, first and foremost, let's shout out to a couple honorable mentions from the show that didn't quite make the top five. My first one is actually you guys are going to roll your eyes at this, but it goes out to uh, Joffrey Baratheon, played by jeez, uh, who was he played by? It just slipped out of my. It was right in my head just a second ago, uh, but such a great character on the show. He, the thing with Game of Thrones is everybody was kind of gray. They had their faults. They had their good sides. Even people like Cersei. She was evil, the way she treated even her brothers and her family, but everyone but her kids. Everything she did was for her children, and people could see that side of her, that humanity, human side of her. Uh, the goodness in her came from her protecting her children. So there's always nuances. Sure, she's probably on the darker side of the grayscale. However, there's good and bad in each. The thing is, like Ned Stark would be the ultimate good guy, in this show joffrey baratheon and ramsey bolton equate to the two evilest on the show so we had oh jack leeson was the name i just remembered and but gotta give a shout out to because without the hate you have to absolutely have a hated character and without without jack leeson playing joffrey baratheon Maybe, and you need those first two seasons to really kick off the show without that hate for one particular character. I, I, I don't know if Game of Thrones would have turned into the phenomenon that it was. So, big shout out to Joffrey Baratheon as an honorable mention. I also want to give a quick shout out to Dandy Targaryen, the Queen of Dragons. Yes, she the problem is they they hurried the last two seasons of the show and it didn't flush out the madness that she was inevitably going to uh, happen. Basically, 50% of all Targaryens go mad, but it wasn't flushed out, or she may have even made the list. It would have been a lot closer because her character arc from being sold off uh, to Khal Drogo and the Horse Lords in the beginning to becoming the breaker of chains and ending slavery across the seas, across the Narrow Sea, uh, to her eventually becoming queen of the seven kingdoms for such a brief moment her character arc was unbelievably crazy such a good story and she had a lot of a lot of stands i think uh modern day modern day people call it uh but she was absolutely adored by her fandom and she really really des- deserves an honorable mention and amelia clark that propelled her career so danny gets a shout out uh sam tarley probably the best cast on this show for book two screen, unbelievable character. So, so good. Big shout out. He uh, he was the coward uh, in the beginning seasons. The big, fluffy, plump coward who didn't belong at the wall. He was even made fun of at the wall. Comes from a noble house. And basically, he just got rid of him. His father basically got rid of him. Uh, even though it was another heir for his father. Nope, you were just worthless. And he goes on to be throughout the seasons, ends up being uh, a grand grandmaster. And just, guys, remember, he was the first one to kill a white walker. And he was always attaining knowledge for the major players to be able to figure out how to uh, destroy the imminent threat to the north, which was the uh, uh, the Night's King and the White Walkers. So let's give a big shout-out to Samuel Tarly. We also want to give a shout-out to Oberyn Martell, who was he was on the screen for one season and for someone to let make such a lasting impression for one season is just unbelievable playbook by pedro pascal who's gone on to have a pretty pretty damn good career on his own uh but the viper what is wrong with you man i know you wanted the mountain to uh to say her name before you killed him say her name say her you raped her you killed her you you murdered her children come on if you just should have you know we would have never had the uh Tyrion sentenced to death if you just would have gone through and finished off the job that you started but such a memorable character well done and my last little quick honorable mention uh has to go out to simply one word hodor i mean (laughs) awesome I love that character. I hate you, Brand, for fucking him up, traveling back in, in your dream world or whatever, you little bastard. Hodor was a, an actual man, and uh, you basically changed his name to Hodor so he could hold the door open for you in the future. You little shit, Brand Stark. If I ever have a... I rescued my pup from the pound, but if I ever had a pup that, that was a baby... Um, I would name him Hodor 100%. So that has to bring us into the list. And such a such an interesting list to fill out. Because I give a lot of credence to how intelligent and how impactful their characters were on the show. And where would the show be without them? Could the show have lasted? So you needed... Some of these characters on the show to be who they were. So, I'm going to play a quick clip uh, for each of these, and you'll see a little insight into them. So, without further ado, we're going to break right in to number five. The number five spot today goes out to Lord Peter Baelish. And here's a quick scene with him and Sansa Stark uh, as they basically travel along the way, and he's teaching her the ropes of manipulation. So, quick scene from Littlefinger and Sansa Stark.
2: No.
0: Bruce Bolton murdered my brother. He betrayed my family. He did. He serves the Lannisters.
2: For now. I won't go. Winterfell is your home. Not anymore. Always. You're a Stark. Dying your hair doesn't change that. You're Sansa Stark. Eldest surviving child of Ned and Catelyn Stark. Places in the north.
0: I can't marry him. You can't make me. He is a traitor, a murderer.
2: You're not marrying Roose Bolton. No, you'll be marrying his son and heir, Ramsay. One day he'll be warden of the north, and no. you'll- Sansa. No,
0: you can't make me. I will starve myself. I will die before I have to go there.
2: I won't force you to do anything. Don't you know by now how much I care for you? Say the word and we'll turn the horses round, but listen to me. Listen. You've been running all your life. Terrible things happen to your family and you weep. You sit alone in a darkened room mourning their fates. You've been a bystander to tragedy from the day they executed your father. Stop being a bystander, do you hear me? Stop running.
4: Just a little bit of, you can see how manipulative and how he was always behind the scenes, making things happen. Now, he got his name, Littlefinger, from, he was originally, he was a nobody in the the little islands called the Nine Fingers, and he actually came from the smallest of them in that uh, chain of islands, and that's where he got the nickname Littlefinger, but his quest was always to rise to the top, and he was always behind the scenes. He was the master of coin. Uh, for Robert Baratheon, but he was always behind the scenes trying to manipulate and make himself rise to power. His ultimate goal was obviously to become king, uh, and he made it all the way to the Lord of Harrenhal and right in line to help Sansa uh, gain the throne, who eventually did. Unfortunately, in my opinion, she, she betrayed him, even though he stuck by her the entire time, and she let her little sociopath sister, Arya, start get the kill on him. But that's neither here nor there. Um, here's one final scene that shows a little bit of the interaction between himself and the Master of Whispers uh, varies. So little one more shout out to Littlefinger.
2: I did what I did for the good of the realm. The realm... Do you know what the realm is? It's the thousand blades of Aegon's enemies. A story we agree to tell each other over and over, till we forget that it's a lie.
0: But what do we have left
2: once we abandon the lie?
0: Chaos. A gaping pit waiting to swallow us
2: all. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Many who try to climb it fail and never get to try again. The fall breaks them. And some are given a chance to climb but they refuse. They cling to the realm or the gods or love Illusions. Only the ladder is real.
4: The climb is all there is. That better give you some insight to how powerful of a character Littlefinger was. He was everything. He embodied almost what Game of Thrones was about. The manipulation, the the behind-the-scenes stuff that directed the path for all of the characters to go along. He really embodied that. So there you go. Our number five, Littlefinger, Peter Baelish. Now, you can't incorporate Peter Baelish without the spider. That's right. Lord varies the master of whips- whispers uh, through many different kings and queens on the show, uh, from Robert to Joffrey to Danierius. He was constantly there. Uh, the eunuch; he had such a terrible upbringing, and somehow managed to rise to the top. The difference is with someone like varie's versus someone like uh, Littlefinger, is he was always doing what he what he did, the, all the secret behind the th- uh, scene things, to promote the realm and what was best for the people, versus Littlefinger, who was solely in it for himself. So here's a quick clip with himself and Tyrion in season two after Joffrey comes out and claims that he'll give his uncle Stannis a red smile.
2: From ear to ear.
1: Imagine Stannis'
0: terror. I am trying. You're an intelligent man. I'd like to think I'm an intelligent man. Oh, no one disputes that, my lord. Not even the multitudes who despise you. I wish we could converse as two honest, intelligent men. I wish we could, too. What do you want? Tell me. If we're going to play, you'll have to start.
1: My brother was the youngest King's guard in history became queen at the age of 19. When I reached manhood, my father put me in charge of all the drains and cisterns in Casterly Rock.
0: A most high-born plumber. The water never
1: flowed better. And all the shit found its way to the sea. Never
0: expected to have any real power. So when my father named me Acting Hand... You're quite good at being Hand, you know. John Aaron and Ned Stark were good men. Honourable men. But they disdain the game and those who play it. You enjoy the game. I do. Last thing I expected. And you play it well. I'd like to keep playing it. If Stannis breaches the gates, the game is over. They say he burns his enemies alive to honor the Lord of Light. The Lord of Light wants his
1: enemies burnt. The Drowned God wants them drowned. Why are all the gods such vicious
0: cunts? Where is the god of tits and wine? In the Summer Isles, they worship the fertility goddess with 16 teats. You should sail there immediately.
4: (laughs) There we go, guys. Uh, A little interaction from Tyrion and Varys. And it's a kind of good introduction that he and Tyrion really respect each other's intelligence and the way that they're playing the game. Yet they can't really trust each other. I'm watching these clips right now, and it just reminds me of how good the show really was. If you've never seen this show, you need to get out and watch it. There's so many good... It's such an unbelievable show, so get out there and watch it. I just love the fact that Varys was always trying to do what he thought was right. And you're not always right, but in his instance, he seemed to be on the on the right side of what should be done for the people most of the time so one final clip for varies before we move on to our final three our uh last clip here uh is you'll you'll see this one in season one it's when ned stark is basically in the in the cells so he's trying to get ned to confess his vile crimes uh even though ned not Ned didn't really do these things. So it's a, it's a very interesting reaction and it's really, really where you get to see varies for the first time and what he's trying to do throughout the seasons. So, one more clip here.
0: When I was still a boy, before they cut my balls off with a hot knife, I traveled with a group of actors through the free cities. They taught me that each man has a role to play. The same is true at court. I am the master of whisperers. My role is to be sly, obsequious, and without scruples. I am a good actor, my lord. Can you free me from this bed? I could. But will I? No. (laughs) As I said, I'm no hero. What do you want? Tell me. No riddles, no stories. Tell me, what do you want? Peace. Did you know that your son is marching south with an army of Northmen? Loyal lad, fighting for his father's freedom. Rob, he's just a boy. Boys have been conquerors before. But the man giving Cersei sleepless nights is the King's... the late King's brother. Lord Stannis has the best claim to the throne. He is a proven battle commander and he is utterly without mercy.
2: Stannis Baratheon is Robert's true heir. The throne is his by rights.
0: Sansa pleaded so sweetly for your life, it would be a shame to throw it away. Cersei is no fool. She knows a tame wolf is more used to her than a dead one. You want me to serve the woman who murdered my king, who butchered my men, who crippled my son?
2: I want you to serve the
0: realm. Tell the queen you will confess your vile treason. Tell your son to lay down his sword and proclaim Joffrey as the true heir.
4: Unreal. Such a great acting performance right there, and it really gives the insight of Varys right there. He wants you to serve the realm. I mean, that's, it's what's going on. That's what's always going on inside of Vary's head. Such a remarkable performance. And so I want to give a good old clap there for the actor. I forget his name, but such a phenomenal, phenomenal job on the show. And that gives you a little insight to why he was so powerful. He was behind the scenes manipulating what was going on, but he was doing it for the proper reasons. So there you have it. Our number four on the list today of the greatest characters on Game of Thrones goes out to Lord Varys, which brings us to our final three. Now, our final three, this one may shock a lot of people, and I think it's. she gets this from her grandmother who was an outright player in her own right. However, she didn't have as much of an impact as our number three who is Marjorie Tyrell now think we'll do a clip first then I'll go into a little bit more this is just a little bit of the interaction between Marjorie and Queen Cersei enjoy.
5: Loris isn't the Queen's gown magnificent the fabric the embroidery The metal work, I've never seen anything like it. You might find a bit of armor quite useful once you become queen. Perhaps before.
3: Marjorie does a great deal of work with the poor back in Highgarden.
5: The lowest among us are no different from the highest if you give them a chance and approach them with an open heart. An open heart is what you'll get in Flea Bottom if you're not careful, my dear. I'm glad House Tyrell has been able to help in this regard. They tell me a hundred wagons arrive daily now from the Reach. Wheat, barley, apples. We've had a blessed harvest. And of course, it's our duty to assist the capital in time of need.
0: I'm sure she knows what she's doing. I'm
5: sure she does.
4: I'm sure she does. (laughs) Cersei says it absolutely plain and simple. She is manipulating you, Joffrey. She's an absolute beauty. You are her second king that she's serving uh, for or, or queen to. Uh, Well, the first never really became king, but he had probably the best chance of becoming it if it wasn't for the magic of the Red Witch uh, because the people supported Renly even though he wasn't interested in Marjorie in the least bit because of uh, his attraction to her brother, Sir Loras. But that's how things went and that marriage was never consummated. So that means she was able to marry Joffrey and get herself, once again, as Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. She was constantly playing the game. She never let up. She not only, after Joffrey's demise, she ended up with Tommen, the younger brother. It's an unbelievable character arc. She was stopped short. She would have been a good queen, too. A good queen for the people, and it's it's too bad that, you know... Westeros was such a dark and nasty place because this woman had it all to be, perhaps the greatest queen of the seven uh, the seven kingdoms would have ever seen. And I talk about this as if it's real, real life because that's how good this show really is. And I'm gonna give uh, Marjorie one final scene here, uh, just to show. I mean, she has a master masterclass of manipulation. This is when. She uh, first basically gets to bed with the youngest, the third king that she's queen with, Tom and Baratheon, the sweet, sweet, innocent boy who ends up killing himself after his mother blows him up. So, you, this is such a good little scene, and it shows the master class of manipulation. Once again, Queen. I'm going to give her the title Queen, Queen Marjorie Tyrell. The
5: capital's not for everyone, I suppose. Does your mother like it here?
3: I don't think so. She told me never to trust anyone in King's Landing.
5: It's so wonderful to have her watching over you. A lioness guarding her cub.
3: Well, but I'm a man now.
5: You are. And the king. But you'll always be her baby boy.
3: I suppose.
5: I adore her. She's always been so generous with me. So kind. And the horrors she's had to endure. Losing her husband, her eldest child, and her father. It's no wonder she's so protective of you. She'll never let you out of her sight.
4: <laughs> She'll never let you out of her sight. You see how she's uh, manipulating Tommen right there? Like I said, it's, it's a master class of what she did she used her beauty and her mind to get what she wanted and further herself in Westeros so big shout out Marjorie Tyrell played by Natalie Dormer uh she was on the Tudors I believe another big period piece uh but she's been in, she was on oh what was that Hunger Games in one of, in I think the third season third third and fourth I believe uh unbelievable actress she nailed that role so big shout out goes out to marjorie tyrell natalie dormer and the show may not have been as good without her i just wish she could have you know ended the piece but then the, sh- the show would have stopped after four seasons so we'll have to move on from marjorie tyrell but she deserves her spot in the number in the top at number three of the top 5 Game of Thrones players. That moves us to our t- final two. And I'm not going to give some big shocker here. This is this one is obvious. Has to be. This is Tyrion Lannister. I mean, the guy was brilliant, smart, funny. Everybody was rooting for Tyr- Tyrion Lannister, played by Peter Dinklage. And I followed the show from it, its inception, meaning when they got the green light from HBO, and they made a pilot for Game of Thrones that got turned down. A lot of people don't know that. And Tamsin Merchant was uh, and Merchant was Danny Targaryen during the pilot. There was another actress instead of Michelle Fairley for uh, for Catelyn Stark. And it wasn't well received, but somehow HBO was convinced to give them one more shot at making the pilot, and they replaced the two actresses, and they revamped the script, and it got greenlighted, and we all know the history from there. But Tyrion Lannister was always Peter Dinklage, and I was on a site called winteriscoming.net before the show ever really got going, and he was like the unanimous choice to play Peter Dinklage, one of the few actors and actresses that weren't european uh they didn't cast a lot of american actors on the show and but this was the obvious choice so let's start out and give Tyrion his props here and we anybody that's seen the show knows his arc but i'll explain a little bit more after the clip this one right here is a little speech from Tyrion lannister uh for the battle of blackwater bay i believe in season two um just a just a shout out to show what type of everyday person that he. I mean, he was everything. He was a leader, even though he couldn't be a leader. He, you know, he's a, a warrior, even though his stature was not a warrior. He was a manipulator. He was a master intelligence. He's ah. I just got to give you the speech right here, and it'll it'll just give you that first insight of to how great of a character Tyrion Lannister was.
1: Men? Men! They say I am half a man. But what does that make the lot of you?
3: The only way out is through the gates. And there aren't the gates.
1: There's another way out. I'm going to show you. Come out behind them and fuck them in their asses. Don't fight for your king. Don't fight for his kingdoms! Don't fight for honor, don't fight for glory. Don't fight for riches because he won't get any. This is your city Stannis means to sack. That's your gate he's ramming. If he gets in, it will be your houses he burns. Your gold he steals. Your women he will rape. <laughs> Brave men knocking at
4: our door. Let's go kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go kill them. Yes. I'm on board. I'm roused up. I'm ready to go. If I was one of those warriors, I'd be like, Yes, this little half man and he, he says it plain and simple. Don't fight for your you know your king or anything like that, but this is your city, this is your home, this is where you are fighting for everything that you built in your if, as a commoner, you know. Say, we got invaded in America, I may not fight for Joe Biden, but I will fight for my home. Do you see what I'm saying? It was such a rousing, rousing speech. Now, Tyrion's arc go, it, it's something that he didn't want, he never wanted to be such a powerful figure in Westeros. He was. The, you know, dwarf son of the probably the most powerful man other than a king, Tywin Lannister, where all the gold was coming from, and but he was the youngest son, so obviously Jamie Lannister was ahead of him. Then he had the master manipulator Cersei ahead of him, and his life was all about, you know, drinking and whoring and. Enjoying the fact that he wasn't, you know, killed as a baby for dishonor for being a dwarf. So he grew up in that. But then he was able to, because of his intelligence and his courage, he was able to move further and further up the ladder, as Littlefinger would say. Now, he ended up being... Queen Daenerys's hand for a while, and I, I, let me let me just say it this way: he wasn't he was wrong, almost uh, equal as to when he was right. But the thing is, he had such a big heart, and he was always on the right side of his heart of the goodness. So he made a lot of mistakes along the way. I mean, Varys ended up being a great friend to him, and he was the one that betrayed Varys. I didn't show you that clip earlier because I didn't want to uh, spoil anything. But he was always on the right side. I mean, his trial, uh, him killing his father, there, his arc in this show is such a wonderful tr- like, transition all the way through, and one of the most rooted four characters in Game of Thrones. Everybody loved Tyrion Lannister. And instead of going out with Tyrion on a, like, uh, almost like, I feel bad for him, let's remember how witty he was. Remember, he was the one that in the show said, I drink and I know things. You know what I mean? (laughs) He had so so much wit. So I want to go out and bring us back to uh, season two was it season one or two either one it was early on in the show and this is when he was being tried by the that crazy crazy bitch uh caitlin stark sister i forget her name and the little kid that was getting breastfed at like 11 12 years old and he's having a trial there and when he de- demands a trial by combat so this is a little fun moment to bring us back to Tyrion lannister
5: you wish to confess your crimes?
4: Yes, milady. I do, lady.
5: Sky cells always break them. Speak, imp. Meet your gods as an honest man.
1: Where do I begin, my lords and ladies? I am a vile man. I confess it. My crimes and sins are beyond counting. I have lied and cheated, gambled and whored. I'm not particularly good at violence, but I'm good at convincing others to do violence for me. You want specifics, I suppose. When I was seven, I saw a servant girl bathing in the river. I stole her robe. She was forced to return to the castle, naked and in tears. If I close my eyes, I can still see her tits bouncing. When I was ten, I stuffed my uncle's boots with goat shit. When confronted with my crime, I blamed a squire. Poor boy was flogged, and I escaped justice. When I was twelve, I milked my eel into a pot of turtle stew. I flogged the one i snake, I skinned my sausage, I made the bald man cry, into the turtle stew, which I do believe my sister ate, at least I hope she did, I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel.
4: I still want to know what that joke, you know, what the end of that joke. I once brought a honeycomb and a jackass into a brothel. What is the end of that joke? I can't wait to one day find out. But Tyrion Lannister, one of the greatest characters. I I mean, I wanted to put him at number one, but he just didn't quite make it. And you'll understand why when I reveal the number one. But his arc is so... So great to watch because he was such a jokester and horror monger and drunk and just went through this crazy world and became such a powerful player in the Game of Thrones that Andy survives at the end. I mean, how great is that? Good for you, Tyrion Lannister. Unfortunately, you got to serve under fucking Brandon Stark. But that's neither here nor there. Tyrion Lannister coming in at number two. And that brings us to our number one. And I have two clips for our number one. And I'm trying to figure out if I start off with his dramatic scene or just his ultimate trolling. Because, I don't know, people love trolls. So I maybe no 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 no. Let's let's end with him trolling people. Um number 1 for me and for everybody that understands the Game of Thrones, Jaime Lannister was the top character in Game of Thrones and it's all because of his story arc. He was the most arrogant, self-righteous POS that means piece of shit out there when you first meet him. He was the greatest warrior in all of Westeros. It was pretty much undisputed with him and Sir Barristan Selmy, but Selmy was old at that point. So, at that point, Jamie Lannister was the greatest warrior at the time. He loses his sword hand. He travels with Brienne. He Almost leaves Cersei in the dust, but ultimately he can't leave her behind. He has such a complicated personality. He's been called the oath breaker, uh, king slayer. He had such a negative reputation, but was he really bad? In, in fact, I think he was more like Tyrion, his brother than he was his twin sister, Circe. Cersei. Cersei manipulated him the whole time. And, you know, he, he. yes, the incest is weird and everything like that, but remember, this is Game of Thrones and it's set in a medieval time. This wasn't uncommon back then. And you almost forget that his true love was his damn twin sister, which is, yeah, ultimately weird. But that's part of the complications of Jaime Lannister. So we're going to start out with the ever so riveting and anybody that's seen this scene with Brienne in the bath. So same, uh, Sir Jaime had just lost his hand and the fever is getting to him and he explains a little bit more about why they call him the Kingslayer. Enjoy. So...
3: We opened the gates, and my father sacked the city. Once again, I came to the king, begging him to surrender. He told me to bring him my father's head. Then he turned to his pyromancer. Burn them all, he said burn them in their homes, burn them in their beds. Tell me if your precious Brandy commanded you to kill your own father and stand by while thousands of men, women, and children burned alive, would you have done it? Would you have kept your oath then? First, I and then, when the king turned to flee, I drove my sword into his back. Burn them all, he kept saying. Burn them all. I
0: don't think he expected
3: to die. He meant to... Bound with the rest of us and rise again. Reborn as a dragon, turn his enemies to ashes. about to make sure that
4: didn't happen. Since chills up your spine just watching that, that's Nikolai Costa-Waldo. Uh, wow. What a performance. I don't know how he didn't win Best Supporting Actor for that scene alone. Unbelievable. And you can almost see what I... A lot of my other ones have been master manipulators on this program, which is what I enjoy and what's a, what made Game of Thrones so damn good was the manipulation. But here is a man that was looked upon as almost absolute evil because, yes, he did throw Bran Stark out, the, out of the window in season one. But by the end, almost everybody that I know that watched Game of Thrones loved Jamie Lannister they forgot about him performing basically an ultimate evil bite. But that's the things you do for love. They couldn't be exposed for you know, an incestual relation between himself and Cersei. So he had so many character levels. It was so deep, so strong. Jamie Lann- I mean, his scenes with Braun. I mean, I challenge anybody. There is not one person... Listening right now, and I say that, and then someone's just going to troll me anyway. But even you, you troll, that's about to reach out and send me hate mail. You know you're not actually being truthful. You know that Jamie and Lannister was the greatest character on Game of Thrones all the way through. So many levels, so great, so much fun to watch, and you end up rooting for him, and you're pissed. That he goes back to Sears. So you want him to go with Brienne the beautiful, or as he would call it. So we're gonna go out on a fun note because that's that's how I want to remember Jamie. Let's go through uh, maybe a minute or two of just him trolling people because he was full of one-liners throughout the whole thing. So guys, there it is, your number one player in Game of Thrones and it has to be has to be Jamie motherfucking Lannister
0: and my husband
4: I'll go to war
3: with him if I have to they can write a ballad about us the war for Cersei's cunt Expecting you to leave me in one castle or another for safekeeping, but you dragged me along from camp to camp. Have you grown fond of me, Stark? Is that it? I've never seen you the girl. Thank you for fighting on my behalf, Lady Stark. I would have come to your defense, but
5: take him to the stockade. Bind him with every chain you can find. You become a
3: real she-wolf for your later years. There's so much fish left in you! And gag him! Come to say goodbye, Lady Stark. I believe it's my last night in this world. Is that a woman?
5: Do you hear them out there? They want your head.
3: Well, old Lord Karstark doesn't seem to like me.
5: You strangled his son with your chains.
3: You are a man without honor. Do you know? I've never been with any woman but Cersei. So in my own way, I have more honor than poor old dead Ned. What was the name of that bastard he fathered? Brienne? No, that wasn't it. You're much happier in daylight. Have you known many men? I suppose not. Women? Horses? Ah. I didn't mean to give offence, my lady. Forgive me. Your crimes are past forgiveness, Kingslayer. Why do you hate me so much? Have I ever harmed you? You've harmed others. Those you've sworn to protect. The weak, the innocent. Has anyone ever told you you're as boring as you are ugly? You will not provoke me
4: to anger. <laughs> I already have. Look at you. <laughs> I mean, some of the greatest one-liners on the show. Uh, when he talks about Ned Stark's honor, and Caitlyn goes Brienne, and he goes, "No, that's not it. <laughs> he was boring as you are ugly." I mean, he had all some of the best one-liners in the show. Jamie Lannister, hands down, the greatest character. On Game of Thrones. So there you have it, guys. I have fulfilled your request. I have given you the top five Game of Thrones uh, players. And I think I, I, well, I don't know, think. I know I gave it justice. Now all of you that have not seen Game of Thrones, I encourage you to reach out there right now and start watching because it really is the greatest show that's ever been on television. It's for everybody, crime fucking people, uh, sickos that just like you know excessive nudity, uh, people that like historic dramas. I mean, there is just so much going on, so you need to watch Game of Thrones. There we have it. We have a couple exciting episodes coming up. I'm going to have my guest, Raven, coming on from Game Tech Politics, and you all know him from the West Game, and we're going to do a show on the greatest WWE or WWF superstars of all time, and I can guarantee you this, I will be right. He's going to come up with some absurdity. I, I can almost imagine he'll probably say something like Owen Hart or something like that. No, no, I will have the best list there and I will defeat him. Much like my uh, counterparts on Game of Thrones, I will be one step ahead there. Uh, after that, I am going to have a show that talks about 80s romantic comedies or romance or whatever she wants to do however she wants to title it i'm gonna win that that debate too although i have a lot of faith that she's going to come up with some really really good episodes uh, her name is lizzie so i look forward to that episodes now i know you enjoy everything everything from this wild card here so go ahead and like subscribe You can donate anything from $1.99, $4.99, $9.99 to the podcast. It only helps me. And you know what it's going to go to? Alcohol. And I ain't going to lie. That's what the show does. We like to drink and discuss topics. And I give you the definitive list. So go ahead and subscribe. If you can't subscribe, I understand. Uh, Go ahead and share the shit out of this if you want to get back at me send me a message right on anchor.fm that you just listened to or you can send me hate mail on at see, I see always forget that I'm just a new Twitter new Twitter person but at J B O A N C H E 79 that's my Twitter handle or you can send one online And my name there is Flung Dung, F-L-U-N-G-D-U-N-G. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Many great episodes ahead. And I love, like, and appreciate all of you. So cheers. Have a great day, y'all. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of Liquored Listings.